This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And you can do so in so many ways. Number one on Twitter, it is at Your Tech Report. Number two, head on over to Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. If you want to email us, please contact at yourtechreport.com. We love your feedback. We love knowing what you want us to talk about. And, of course, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. Lots of fun stuff there, lots of giveaways, lots of visuals. Mitchell, I had a question that I wanted to pose to our listenership. Um, I, I'm ready And I want your it. opinion first, okay? I've, I want to give it to you. Let's hear it. Um, here's my question. My question sure. is, is we do this radio show. You and I do this on Skype. We can see each other, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering if our listeners and or viewers on YouTube are actually interested in seeing any of just you and I just talking when we're doing a show like this because sometimes we do interviews when we're doing the interviews it might be fun to to put together a little video montage of you know the image of the person we're talking to maybe get them on Skype as well do people really care about seeing us just talk to each other I, I don't you know you know what I, I think it is kind of fun I don't know I, I don't think I think if that were all we did it would be different, but I think we've done some pieces in the past and we've talked about different product announcements and different uh, keynotes that were going on. Um, and we, we've posted that as YouTube videos with, you know, with ourselves and what we were talking about in the background. And I think it's a lot of fun because I think sometimes when it comes to a radio show, and it's, it's funny because we obviously have, have separate entities. We have the radio show, we have the YouTube channel, but we always talk about the fact that we have a radio show even when we're doing YouTube videos. Mm. So it's fun to have pieces where we kind of merge the two. People get to see us talking on the show, our personalities interacting while we're, while we're recording and doing some live radio stuff. So... I so, think yes. it's kind of fun. I know whenever, <laughs> remember, when, remember when Howard Stern first transitioned his radio show? He had a video, visuals, he did a Visual TV show yeah, version definitely. of it. It was kind of fun because you felt like okay. you were peeking behind the curtain, right? Let's, and I uh, would be into it, but I guess it's up to our listeners, right? Well, let's find out. We'll, we'll do a quick poll on our website. Head on over to yourtechreport.com. Tell us what you think, and uh, we will do as as you tell us to do. Uh, welcome to an awesome week. We've got a great show lined up for you guys. Microsoft is going to be on the show, talk about one of their developer and sl- uh, partner conferences that are going on right now, or that wrapped up this week. Uh, Funko, our good friend Mark Robin, he's going to join us to tell us all about their legion of collectors. Collectors, but lots more though, because there's a Metallica bobblehead. I, I want stuff from Funko. We all want stuff <laughs> um, from Funko. Um, plus, who else is on this show? Oh, we're going to talk to a very... Okay, in the news this week and happens. This is a good segue, isn't it? This uh, is, this good, is yeah. a very good segue. Logitech announced the purchase of Astro Gaming. At Astro, as you know, we posted a great video of the... We did a giveaway on their A10 headphones. They're one of your faves. I mean, you're always wearing them all the time. Um, yep. Very cool synergy between these two companies. We're going to dive into that with Logitech, of course, talking about all their E3 announcements as well. So a very, very cool show uh, in the works for you guys. Plus the winner of our DJI Spark Fly More package will be announced <sighs> in segment number two. I can tell you exactly when you want to listen <laughs> right after our interview with Microsoft. So stay tuned for that right here on your tech report. And, you know, to, to, to go back to a couple of quick things, by the way, that purchase by Logitech of Astro headphones, I think, I believe it was for $85 million in cash. I think that was the, that was the and I think it's going to, we'll, we'll talk about it more during the interview. I think it's going to be a great thing for both companies. And regarding the Mark Robbins segment from our friends, you know, our yeah. friends over at Funko, I'm actually going to be seeing Mark at San Diego, San oh, Diego Comic-Con, if I could say it, this upcoming week. I'm also going to have a big hall of pop vinyls, dwarves, a bunch of figures that I'm going to be getting that I will be showing and sharing with our audience going back again youtube.com slash your tech report I'm going to be doing my my full reveal of what I picked up at Comic Con from the Funko booth in a YouTube video next week so that's something if you are a Funko or a pop collector you're going to want to watch that video so Microsoft is in the news for a couple things this week but one of the most intriguing and the coolest apps 
um, I have ever seen um, was unveiled by Microsoft this week. And it, it, it ties together a whole element of artificial intelligence, uh, neural networking, uh, and the app is called Seeing AI. Seeing, like you see, visually seeing. Okay. And okay. it's actually meant for people who can't see. It's actually meant for people who are visually impaired. And what this app does, it actually describes everything it sees with the camera. For example, oh, I wow. could hold this up to you and it'll say, male, mid-40s, Um Smiling, happy. It'll describe the Wait, moment. Did you say that would see me? Would say that? Well, no comment. Um, it'll describe the situation. If you point it at currency, it'll say twenty U.S. dollars, thirty U.S. dollars. It will describe using all its AI and all its learning algorithms as best that it can what is around you. It'll scan barcodes and describe what the product is. Um, it is an incredibly useful tool for people who have visual impairments of any kind. And I can just see, especially with you know, our show airs on AMI um, in Canada, I, I'm going to talk to them all about this because this is a very, very cool use of technology. One of the coolest I've seen to date. Oh, my God. And we've seen other implementations. What's wrong with me today? I can't speak. Other implementations uh, on other platforms uh, to help people that are vision impaired or with other with other issues that are being helped through technology. And the funny thing is, you know, what, what do they have? Uh, VoiceOver, which is a big thing yeah. on, the, on Apple's uh, desktop platform, of course. Um, and, you know, that's a great thing. It, it, you know, it, it'll actually read things to you from the computer. But to actually have the computer be your eyes for you to actually give you visual cues based on what the camera's seeing. That's some next level stuff that I never even imagined we'd be seeing right now. So it's fantastic. And I, I would like to put that to the test and see what it can do, what, it, what, what it's actually capable of doing, how, how deep it can go and what it can actually visualize for you. Head on over to the App Store. It's available now, uh, useful on an iPhone 5C and higher. It is called Seeing, S-E-E-I-N-G-A-I from Microsoft. A very, very cool app. Um, in some Apple news this week, other than all the rumors about new phones and stuff like that, which we'll get to in another show, um, they have created some very cool interactive demos of their HomeKit installations at some of their Apple stores. And this is going to be rolling out to most of their stores. Uh, so if you ever have been interested in learning about HomeKit and all the smart home in inventions... Um, they're dedicating a whole area, kind of a virtual home, and showing you virtual setups and how you could actually use it, which I think is very cool, especially to those newbies who want to get in and say, how do I actually use this in my home? I think that I think that's a really smart thing. Remember when I went to the AT&T store of the future in Westwood, California, and they had yeah. a whole area dedicated to the connected home, right? It's only smart that Apple does it. They sell the products. Why not give the demos to help further their sales of the products they're selling, let people see how the stuff is actually going to work in their home? So, still to come, the winner of the DJI Spark Mini Drone with the Fly More package. It is coming up after we speak to Jason Bromit, who's a channel chief for Microsoft. going to tell us all about their Inspire conference going on, plus what Microsoft 365 is, a very cool product for businesses of all kinds. This is Your Tech Report. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. On Twitter, follow along. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. Still to come on this week's show, we are going to announce the winner of the DJI Spark giveaway. We've been doing this for a couple weeks now, and people are loving it. So we will get to that very, very, very soon. Mitchell, Microsoft was in the news this week, as they are, you know, most weeks, you know, uh, exactly. lots of things, lots of reasons for Microsoft to be in the news. But they have a very cool partner conference going on called the Microsoft Inspire Partner Conference. So I wanted to get some more information about what was going on at the conference and find out about the conference. So on the line with us is uh, Jason Brahman. Jason, I neglected to ask what your title was at Microsoft. Can you tell everybody what you do at Microsoft? Sure. I'm uh, the director of our commercial channel team, and so you can think about that as uh, really two things. One being the chief evangelist inside Microsoft for our partner ecosystem, uh, but really using it as an opportunity to look at where do we uh, focus on our partners and building new capabilities with them to really do amazing things across the country. Well, that, that's that's a very fun title, and it sounds like a kind of a fun job. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it certainly is. So, so tell me, Inspired, this is a conference, I guess, dedicated to exactly what you're working on. Can you kind of go into some details about the kind of people that are at the Inspire Partner Conference and what kind of things are talked about? Yeah, absolutely. So Inspire uh, is what was used to be called uh, Worldwide Partner Conference, or WPC is more commonly known amongst our partners. Uh, it's really a chance once a year to bring our partners from around the globe together 
uh, for a week uh, to spend time with one another and to spend time with the Microsoft team, really having a chance to talk about sort of strategy and innovation. And obviously a big piece of that is technology. Uh, this year we were in Washington, D.C., 17,000 partners from over 100 countries were here. Uh, and it was really a chance to build connections. We do think about that as a big piece of what the conference is all about, uh, not only between our partners and our Microsoft teams, certainly in the markets that they operate in, but with our global teams. Uh, but a big piece of it is about inspiration. Uh, and that's part of why we changed the name to Inspire this year, which is really trying to encourage and inspire our partners with what is the art of the possible. Uh, and obviously, lots of work uh, or lots of change in the world all around us right now, uh, no matter what geography that may be. And so this is really a chance for them to start to understand where are we going from a technology point of view and from a company point of view to help them build uh, businesses and make decisions on where they want to take their own business. Well, you know, Jason, the other one of the other cool things that we have about these conferences is we usually get some announcements, and this is no different. So you guys also had some things to talk about when it came to Microsoft 365. Will you please talk about that? Absolutely. So uh, the easiest way to think about Microsoft 365, uh, I'll say, is two things. One, building on... Uh, the great capabilities of the offerings that we have today in Office 365, but taking that one step further and and bringing together Office 365 with Windows 10, plus what we call our Enterprise and Mobility Suite. Uh, It's really about uh, creating a a complete, intelligent, and secure solution um, to empower employees inside organizations. We often like to think about it as the modern workplace, and so that you've got a great productivity experience through Office 365, You have a great operating experience through Windows 10. And then enterprise mobility and security really wraps all of that with a great secure offering so that they can lock down and manage those devices. We think about this, I'd say, more importantly, or sort of more succinctly, as one great simple solution to serve businesses of all sizes to really empower that modern workplace. You know, one of the things, Jason, when, you know, I'm an Office 365 business user, I'm a small business, so, you know, when it comes to, I mean, large organizations, you kind of, you don't necessarily see that there's a much larger picture, there's what much larger infrastructures, larger companies that use Microsoft's, you know, backend, whether it's the Azure backend and the enterprise offerings. How would you, how would you separate the two from, like, the small business side to what the, the larger, larger businesses are doing when it comes to Office 365 and Microsoft 365? Is it a really a separate, separate offering, or is it more of a convergence and bring support to a next level? You know what, I think about it in, in a couple of dimensions. One, which is, uh, and you certainly know this, is, is Canada is a market of small and medium business. It's the 98% of what the Canadian market is really built on the back of. Uh, what's really amazing uh, is with, uh, if I look at sort of cloud solutions like Office 365, it brings the power of, we'll call it that enterprise technology, to everybody. And so it makes it far more accessible for businesses of all sizes, whether you have one or two employees to whether you have thousands and thousands. I'd say the only difference between Office, uh, Microsoft 365 Enterprise and Microsoft 365 Business is we've allowed for flexibility on the services that you may want to use as an organization. Uh, what I would say is today more and more small businesses are looking for capabilities like Skype for Business as an example to be able to enable uh, real-time communications and voice, uh, but we've empowered them with the choice and the flexibility to not necessarily buy those services if they're simply looking for things like uh, exchange mailboxes or collaboration through things like SharePoint Online. And so it's really one of those things which is tailoring solutions that cater to both sides of the market, but providing the flexibility for them to com- choose the components that they really want to be able to take advantage of. It's funny, Mitchell and I, you know, being being you know tech enthusiasts, people always come to us and for opinions about what to do for various things. And, and one company came to me and said, you know, we're, we were doing our own email and we want to switch to the cloud. And, and I always recommend going to Office 365, uh, not only because it's a great offering, but also because, I mean, you guys built, you built Exchange. I mean, you built mail hosting as we know it today. So what better place to go get an offering like that than, than Office 365? And and the kind of pay-as-you-go model, which is you know adding on different things to different levels, really is working as a, uh, on a consumer-slash-business side of things. Are you feeling the same on the, on the business side, on the Microsoft side? Absolutely. And I think uh, you've touched on a great point, which is, I'll say, the flexibility of what Office 365 and many of our cloud offerings enable, which is pay, that pay-as-you-go uh, obviously, there's lots of businesses in various industries that uh, have cycles, or I'll call them peaks and valleys of employees, uh, or as they become more sophisticated in their needs, they have the ability to very easily add those capabilities without having to look at sort of what they may have done in the past, which was 
build a, a server infrastructure, buy a server, and then look to go buy another whole server yeah. and build on top of it. Now they can literally, it's almost like a puzzle, for lack of a better statement, right? You, it's building blocks, and so you can kind of stack the pieces up. Uh, and at the same time, you can take pieces down if, if that's what fits your business needs. No, 100%. And, and one of the other cool things is um, depending on the plan that you have, obviously, I'm on, I think, business premium. So there are tools like Power BI and analytics and yeah. stuff like that that I never would have thought of using before. But now I'm just trying to find ways to work it into my business and how it could help me. So it's really cool that those are offered, even though I might not necessarily even use them. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say, you know what, it's been uh, five years since we launched Office 365 originally. Uh, and we've continued to innovate, I'll say, in and around the services that we make available to customers. Uh, and you're right, is the flexibility is there for customers to choose the components that they want to start with. Uh, but at the same time, there's lots of integration and innovation built right in uh, that as you become more sophisticated and or want to explore new capabilities to change the way that you work uh, or look at data. You touched on Power BI as a great example and being able to do what I'll call visualization of, of data. Uh, you've got that at your fingertips. Yeah. Uh, and it's all in one integrated sort of interface as well. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you kind of diving into this with us because I was going through press releases and I was trying to make sense of it, but you really you really brought some perspective to it and really helped explain exactly what you guys are doing. And, and, uh, and, uh, and kudos to you guys for continuing to innovate like this because I love being able to follow you know Microsoft and, and all the innovations in the cloud. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, both uh, Mark and Mitchell. No, no, no. Thank you for joining us. But guess what, guys? It is time to announce the winner of our DJI Spark Fly More package. We've been doing this for a couple weeks. It has gone on Gangbusters on YouTube. Thank you for everybody. Thank you to everybody for participating. All you have to do is subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. And without further ado, the winner of our DJI Spark mini drone complete with the Fly More package is a none other than FH Skaters. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for referring all your friends. We've got great giveaways still to come. I'm not going to tell you about them now, but we've got some great ones coming up. This is your tech report. A great show continues. In a couple of moments, we are going to speak to a very cool company who has just acquired another cool company. This is all about gaming, folks. You're going to want to listen to this one. Plus, Funko's Mark Robin joins us once again to talk about their DC Legion of Collectors box. It is your tech report. Stick around. There's more your tech report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark of Flatlow and Mitchell Whitfield with you on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our YouTube channel, Mitchell, it's on fire. YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Yes, it is. And we get to share a lot of the products that we talk about. And speaking about talking about products, uh, you know, you know, I was at E3 this year. I know. And E3, you know, as we talked about on and off the air, E3 was a little bit challenging this year. <laughs> getting to see, getting to navigating the sea of, you know, people that are now the, the regular man. Was, was Common folk was allowed in the building, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little crazy this year, and I had an appointment with our friends over at Logitech, and you know, I'm a big Logitech guy, I've been doing PC gaming, of course, in addition to my console gaming, I use all Logitech stuff, and this isn't, you know, they don't pay us to say this or do this, just something as a gamer that I've always done, so I was really jazzed about getting to meet with the Logitech folks, well, lo and behold, I had to get out of there, I was called away for another piece of business, so in order to make up for what I couldn't do, we are bringing Logitech G to you. If you're a gamer and a Logitech fan, we are actually bringing Logitech back to us because, Mark, with us today, we have the technical marketing manager for Logitech G. His name is Andrew Coonrad. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming, and I'm so sorry I didn't get to see you in person at E3 this year. You know what? No worries. It was a great show, but it was a little crazy, so it wasn't possible to do everything. But thank you guys so much for having me today. This is awesome. Okay, let's touch on that for a second, because I know off the air we started touching on how, how crazy it was, and people think, well, it's just ten or 15,000 more people to an already pretty busy show. How noticeable can it be? But I'm telling you, I mean, from I'm sure from your perspective as well as mine, it did make a big difference. It was really hard to navigate, a lot of, exciting for you guys, but if you're in the crowd, really hard to navigate that building. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you look at different shows that have been doing the public thing for a long time, like PAX, for example, is one of my favorites. They have a very good organizational method and infrastructure for having the public, and I think uh, right. that's developed over time. So I think we should probably give E3 a chance to maybe figure out what happened this year, and maybe next year it'll be a little bit easier to <laughs> not wait in line for four hours just to get to you know the other side of the hall or whatever. Listen, we always have, always have to learn from, quote-unquote, our mistakes, or at least learn from the previous experiences. So, so Andrew, you know, we're a couple weeks after E3 now. What, in your opinion, was the biggest hit in terms of the products that you guys were showcasing? 
that's a great question. I think we we uh, launched five different products actually at E3 this or around E3 this year. Um, but I would say the one that was the most incredible to me is a technology we've been working on for over four years, and it's called PowerPlay. PowerPlay is a, uh, the ultimate wireless gaming solution for wireless gaming mice for gamers, uh, and it's a mouse pad that charges your mouse no matter what you're doing, whether you're using it or whether it's stationary, and it does that through electromagnetic resonance technology. Super cool stuff. So this is the okay. same technology that's, that's wireless charging that we're expecting to see on pretty much every device come, come uh, you know, every year moving forward now, right? You know, the, the technology itself has been around you know, for over 100 years, it's the same technology that they use to power old transistor radios, right? It's just alternating current. It's waves uh, that are being passed through the air, and then there's an antenna that picks up that energy, rectifies it, turn it turns it back into DC power to then power the mouse. So the trick really wasn't uh, inventing a new transmission technology. It was harnessing it in a way that not only was capable to be used while the mouse was moving, but also to make it super flat. And that was another incredible challenge for that because mouse pads are, you know, sometimes between three and five millimeters thick. So we needed right. to make the actual base, you know, two, mil- two millimeters thick, which we did. I mean, this this is really, I mean, this is really genius on your guys' part, Andrew, because, and, and by the way, people who are listening to us now, if you want to see what we're talking about, if you want to see this system in action and want to learn what it's all about, maybe do a pre-order, you can go to gaming.logitech.com. And when you think about it, Andrew, it's the perfect storm because, you know, like you said, charging pads, the technology of a charging pad has been around forever. The idea of a mouse pad, which is constantly under your mouse, has been around forever. So really, you're not taking, you're not making people do another action, which is a lot of times what stops people from embracing a technology if they have to learn a new action a new habit but really just by doing what they've always done having their mouse on the mouse pad it does it seamlessly in the background this is genius you know what you hit the nail on the head i think that's something that plagues a lot of new technologies is sometimes we invent something or apply a new idea to something in a way that is cool and interesting because it's a new technology but it doesn't actually improve your experience the whole point of wireless gaming mice is that they provide the freedom of not having a cable. But if at the end of the day you need to put it on a particular spot on your mouse pad to charge or if you have to, you know, do some other action like you mentioned, that takes you out of that whole freedom of just being able to use your mouse however you like. With PowerPlay, it's so simple to use. You simply plug in one cable and you pair your mouse to the power core and you're done. That's it. And you never have to think about it again. And that's the freedom of wireless right there. You know, it's amazing about technology and just addition of technology like this to a common product that we're used to. Um, the way in which you integrate it, as you said, is 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 what makes it unique. And from now going forward, I can just imagine the various different ab- applications and different products, especially the products that you guys make, where this is going to make an incredible difference in the way in which we use them. I totally agree. Uh, you know, the wireless desktop has been something we've been really trying to innovate on for a long time. I think game, PC gamers really, uh, and this brings me back to a great point, um, PC gamers have been this uh, stalwart pocket of, of anti-technology, Luddites <laughs> almost, and it's this weird thing where PC gamers just simply did not want to use wireless because of these perceptions about the technology. Uh, for the past, you know, year and a half or so, we've been really trying to break down those those unrealistic, you know, problems that they have in their head about wireless with our light speed wireless technology. So that was another huge part of PowerPlay is that it actually has our light speed wireless receiver built in. So not not only is it super easy to use, provides a lot of freedom, but it also uses our our cutting edge wireless gaming transmission technology, which is super fast. It's actually faster than a lot of our competitors' wired mice, which is hard to believe for a lot of people, but it's true, and we have data to back this up. And it also provides an incredibly consistent and quality wireless connection. And And I can speak, Andrew, from experience here. You know, gaming, gaming with your products here, using the wireless, you know, a Logitech wireless gaming mouse. And again, like you said, I think once again, people, people have a preconceived idea. Well, if it's wireless, it, I'm going to have latency issues. I'm not going to be able to play. That is not the case at all. I've been using a wireless Logitech mouse for a long time, never had any issues with lag, latency, and I'm killing a lot of people on Overwatch. So you should know that. So that if, if you're listening, do not be afraid to jump into the wireless mouse technology that Logitech offers. You will be very, very happy and pleasantly surprised. Hey, thank you for that. I, you know, I've been using wireless for a long time as well, and I think, it, it, forgive me for this analogy because this may be pushing it too far, but 
I think uh, oftentimes we've seen this in, in culture. There's this perception that builds up around um, not agreeing with data, you know, and we have these right. groups of people who are, are vocal minorities who are saying, no, I, I won't use that because of this feeling I have about it, even though the overwhelming data suggests that that it is not the case. <laughs> you know, the earth is round. It's not flat. Let's let's just put that out there, guys. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. To... What do you mean the earth is round? What are you yeah. talking about? Mitchell, we'll have to talk about that offline because there's a whole thing yeah. about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus yeah, that we, we just don't want to get this. into right now, you know? <laughs> oh, man. So I, I'm not trying to, you know, put anyone down who has those perceptions, but I, the data <laughs> is, is available in spades for people to peruse through if they'd like. Okay, so Andrew, you mentioned five new products. Let's 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 march on over to the other products that really, in your opinion, were kind of like home runs when people saw them. Well, so uh, PowerPlay was one, and then we uh, we also released two new companion mice to come with PowerPlay because the way that the mouse pad works is it has an antenna built into the pad, and then there's this little uh, coin called a power core, and that is the receiving antenna that fits into the bottom of the mouse to accept the energy uh, signal. This is a modular system that you can use to swap between different mice, and we released two new mice that are compatible with this technology. Um, one is called the G903, which is the successor to the G900, wildly popular flagship wireless mouse for both right and left-handers. And then we also um, released the G703, which is the update to the G403, a wildly popular ergonomically right-handed shape, classic shape mouse. Um, uh, First-person shooter lover, Lovers will really like this mouse uh, particularly. So that's three products. And then the other two are headsets. Um, so I don't know what kind of headsets you guys are using, but we, we put out a brand new line of headsets uh, with a kind of a new design philosophy. Um, the design philosophy we used, uh, we kind of took from uh, the sports material companies, because if you think about it, a headset's something you wear on your head for a long time. It's a very intimate connection you have with a product. And yeah. so... We wanted to think about materials and materiality and really kind of take a nod from companies like Nike and Adidas and how they do research around materials to be lightweight, comfortable, but also performing. So you want to be able to wear it for 12 hours and not have it get sticky or sweaty or hot. Um, and so that's really what we we did with this design. Not only that, though, we really wanted gamers to be able to use it at you know their desktop or their PC gaming station, but also take it to the console and take it outside of the house. A lot of times you find that these gaming headsets have great features and technologies, but it's really strapping a giant computer to your head. You're not going to take <laughs> it outside of the house. <laughs> so um, we really did think about the design to make it fit into uh, a lifestyle that isn't just focused around the PC. See, uh, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you said that, Andrew, because I think there's and, and we do a lot, and we we have a lot more headphone stuff to talk about. And by the way, a little little tease there for what's to come later in the interview. But I, I've said in other headphone interviews before that you can make a headphone that has the best technology in the world, great drivers, great dynamic range, beautiful, great materials. But at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable with this thing on your head. You're not going to wear it long enough to find out about any of the other benefits these headphones might have. So I'm really glad that you guys have put this focus on material, on weight and balance and design, because if they're not comfortable on your noggin, nobody's going to wear these things, right? That is 100% accurate. So we do a lot of consumer insight research uh, at Logitech. We spend a lot of time and care trying to discover what people actually love about things. And a lot of times people don't actually know or they, they don't have a way to describe it to you. So you have to almost trick them to get the, this information out of them, right? Like when we were discovering or learning about RGB lighting many years ago, we, you know, we found that people were saying, oh no, I don't want RGB lighting. That's a fad. That's a new thing. But if you just put it in a product and you have two identical things next to each other, one has RGB lighting, one doesn't, almost always people will pick the lighting because <laughs> it provides this customization. It provides this fun. And if it's the same price and it's an option, then why wouldn't you want that? You know? So, um, once, when we do our research about headphones, you would think that sound quality would be the number one thing that people look for, or that is a deciding factor, but you're right. It's actually comfort. That's the main reason why someone will stick with or love a headset is because of how it feels. You know, Andrew, at E3, Mitchell actually did a, a really cool interview, um, which at that point when he did it wasn't really related, but I guess now it is, and that was with uh, a company that you might know of, uh, Astro. And uh, we, ah. I, I guess this company is now <laughs> part of the family at, at Logitech, isn't it? 
Yeah, it really is. You know, we're super excited for that news, and this is kind of a, a timely thing for us to talk about since this happened yesterday or two days ago. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the guys at Astra have been doing amazing stuff. They build an incredible brand. Um, they make great products, and really the way that it fits into our portfolio is just perfect for us, and that's what we're so excited about. Um, they've been really dominating in the console space, and they have a really premium brand and product set for the for that console gamer. And we have been focusing more on PC gaming at Logitech G for the past couple of years. So this is a really great complementary set of products and, and ideas for us. And we're so excited to have them in the family. Uh, we know a lot of the people there personally. We've been friends with the Astro guys for a long time. So it just made sense for us to, to join forces and, and just make both brands that much better. You know, this was kind of exciting for us too, Andrew, because we love working with you guys. We've been covering and, you know, personally using and covering Logitech on the show for a long time. And we've been huge Astro fans for a really long time. So to see these two companies that we've enjoyed working with for so long coming together is kind of a serendipitous thing for us as well. But I, I want to put something out there for people. And, you know, there are always the, the purists, the Astro purists that are going to get worried. And it's sort of analogous to when Dell ended up buying Alienware. You have these Alienware purists that were saying, wait a minute, now that they're under a different company's umbrella, things are going to change. So I'm guessing, I'm, I'm just putting out there because I don't know the, the actual day-to-day how it's going to work, but I'm guessing the Astro brand is going to remain intact and still be have their autonomy under the Logitech umbrella, of course sharing technologies back and forth, but they're still going to be called Astro and have some level of autonomy, correct? Absolutely. So I mean, the, yeah. the, whole, the whole power of their, of their company is in, a lot of it is in their brand. And so we right. would be silly to try and change that. Um, the, the whole benefit that um, bringing companies into the Logitech family is, is that our infrastructure and our distribution network is massive. You know, we've been around for over 36 years. We have a lot of our own manufacturing. Um, we have distribution in, uh, you know, many countries all over the world, much more than the, the average company in this sort of space. And so bringing a brand like Astro into the capability system that we have at Logitech is really the whole the whole idea behind that so do not fear astro fans um you will you know you'll still be able to get the great products that astro has been providing um we brought all their employees over um you know we're (laughs) we're keeping everything the same so do not fear uh, you know what? I, I, I can tell you I have a very strong, not only don't fear Astro fans, I think things are only going to get better because you're still going to have the same quality of that same Astro brand that you loved. But like you said, now being part of the Logitech family, you have that great distribution network, the great buying power for components, everything on a grander scale that will allow, you know, that will allow the, the things that people have already loved about Astro to just blossom. So from my perspective as a gamer and as a fan, it seems to me like things can only get better. I, I absolutely agree. And, and you know what? We have a track record of this as well. This is not the first time we've done this. There's tons of brands that are under the Logitech family. Just to name a few, you know, Ultimate Ears. I don't know if you guys know about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, little yeah. Little brand. <laughs> um, I just actually finally bit the bullet and got my UE Customs. Oh, aren't and they great? I can tell you, they are absolutely incredible. And I now <laughs> understand how all these professional uh, musicians and, and singers use these. They are really amazing and so that's a perfect example of how we you know that brand's been around for many many years under the logistic family and i think it's made our products better for other brands and it's also just increased the availability and and how much you know we can spread this brand across the world so i I don't i don't think anyone has anything to worry about and like you said if anything it's just going to get better Well, you know what? I love talking to you about the stuff that came out at E3. Of course, the new Astro acquisition is big news. But, Andrew, as we know, news is happening all the year. There's no no season anymore for technology. You guys are having great products, great updates, great innovations throughout the year. So we are hoping you will come back and join us next time Logitech has some big news and Logitech G and the gaming division has to share news. We'd love for you to come back and join us because we're gamers and we love talking about this stuff. So please promise us that you will come back next time. I promise you I will come back next time. You guys are great. Love talking to you. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoy it. Still to come, Mark Robin, our good friend from Funko, is going to talk all about the Legion of Collectors collector box. It's Your Tech Report. Follow along with us on Twitter at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report online. 
Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. And don't forget YouTube.com slash your tech report online. Well, Mark, I'm very excited because right now on the line with us, we have Funko's director of marketing. He is a friend of the show. But he's also just Mark Robin. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'm glad to be here, as usual. Love it. Oh, we, we, we always love having you on the show. And before we start, because we have a lot to talk about, San Diego Comic-Con 2017, right around the corner. Lots of new announcements from you guys. But before we start, I, I want to tell you a story that I'm pretty proud of. You know, it's no secret that you've been a friend of the show for quite some time. You send us stuff. We do unboxings. I'm doing an unboxing today for our YouTube channel. Um, you, you've been great in supporting us. But I want to let you know that sometimes I want to feel like a big boy and not ask for your help. There's a certain piece. You know I'm an Overwatch fan. We've talked about Overwatch before. You guys put out these great figures for Overwatch, and since I'm a diva main, I had to get the pop vinyl diva figure. Couldn't find it anywhere. I finally found one. And Mark, I just want to let you know, uh, the first step to recovery is not having to reach out to my enabler. I was able to do this all on my own, and I thought you'd be very proud of me. I am very proud of you. That's a tough one to get to. So, uh, hey, congratulations. And, uh, you know, I hope you didn't have to do anything untoward at the mall to track that one down. You know what? Uh, you know what happens at the mall. Mark stays at the mall, so we don't have to go there. Um, uh, but yes, I, I, it's. But there really is a whole. There are collectors out there, and you know this, of course, as a company. Once the stuff goes out of print, they become very hard to find, and that's what makes them great collectibles. But there's a whole subculture of people buying and selling and trading the ones that they want versus the ones you know once they have extras of versus the ones they want. You've really created a whole subculture of collectors here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if we created it. I think they kind of created it amongst themselves. I mean, especially when Funko was in its younger days, you know, we we maybe didn't have the distribution at a lot of stores. And so, you know, they were harder to find. And and these days, I think it's somewhat easier, but then you've got the con exclusives or maybe a one-off exclusive at a retailer that might be harder to find. And and yeah, I I really think it's the fans that have powered that and and trading and forming Facebook groups and, and, you know, getting together in person and kind of fueling that whole, uh, you know, if you want to call it a secondary market or or kind of a, a, you know, a fan market. Um, It's really cool to see. We're kind of agnostic to it, but we're always impressed by, um, you know, the links fans will go to 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 find the, the piece that they might be missing out of their collection. And it's funny, I meant it as a total compliment, by the way, because it really is fun as a collector. Part of the part of the joy is finding that one piece that maybe you weren't able to find at retail, or maybe you got in a little late on, and there, there weren't a lot of them made. And again, it adds to the exclusivity and the fun, but it really is, it makes it fun, because the figures are beautiful. We always talk about how great looking they are, how well made they are, but at the end of the day, there's a certain attachment that that Funko fans have to their, to their pops, to whatever figures they're getting. And it really speaks volumes as to this, uh, you're right, it isn't something you created, it's, the, it's something that the fans also created, but it's something that you guys have put out there for us to enjoy, and as a fan, I'm appreciative of it, and I really do like kind of going out on the hunt to find that one that I can't find. It, it makes it an exciting part of the hobby as well, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, that's what collecting's all about. I mean, it's the thrill of the hunt, for sure, and and, and you know, we're obviously happy that, 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 that the figures that we make resonate with people. I think that goes a long way, uh, you know, to celebrating the the just the amazing artists that we have here that they're able to take these characters and create something that's not only recognizable but is something that just where where people who may not have been action figure collectors or something as like hardcore as that would still be able to say i i want that pop version of loki on my desk because it's cute and and it it resonates with me, and I, I think that that all that credit goes to our artists who have just been able to take like comic book characters that you never thought of as cute or fun or whatever, and be like, "Yep, I mean, I gotta have I gotta have Hulk on my desk," and it might be from some you know uh, person who has never collected a comic book figure in their life, and that's what's always kind of amazing to see from my perspective. Absolutely. And it actually, you just, you just, Mark, you just gave me the perfect segue because we talk about pop culture collectibles. And, you know, that's, of course, where pop, I'm sure, gets its name. And you, you guys are known for putting out these great pop culture collectibles, a lot of stuff from comics and movies and animation. And what people might not know is, of course, music can become a part of popular culture, which is what pop culture is short for as well. And you guys have just put out this set. And I got to tell you, you made my partner, Mark, very happy. He's a huge, huge Metallica fan. He travels all over the U.S. and Canada to go see them. And now you guys announced this Metallica set. Tell, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I mean, well, uh, when when again, when Funko was in its younger days, they, we actually started doing some music uh, pop figures. I mean, way back when, I remember some of the first ones that I got a hold of as a collector were Elvis and Sex Pistols, and there was a and there was a Jimi Hendrix figure. And then we we kind of oh, wow. you know experimented with it, sort of moved away from music as we got into movies and and TV. And now we're definitely circling back to it. And uh, so this year alone, I think we've done Amy Winehouse, Guns and Roses, and uh, Metallica. And it just it just made sense as we were looking at like, sort of like what what pop acts do we want to go after? So there was the Justin Bieber's and Amy Winehouse and whatnot. And then I was like, <laughs> well, who's going to make sense for rock? And you know, obviously like Guns and Roses, Metallica, they're going to be at the top of the list. Um, you know, true monsters of rock, as it were. And uh, and they just fit. They just work in the pop form. And, I, and everybody here was super excited. And, uh, and you know, a, a, a really fun license to work on. Um, we're really proud of it. I hope, I hope fans dig it. Now, uh, now, of course, as I told you, Mark, Mark was all over this, and the, the question was, and I'm sure that he wants me to ask, are they going to be available as just individual pieces, or are you going to do a, because sometimes you also do a set of, of multiple figures in one box, are they going to be available as a one set or as individual pieces to start off? Individual pieces to start. Now, you know, we often will okay. do a, a pack uh, for a Comic-Con uh, or whatnot where we might group them together, change their outfits or something like that, um, but they're, they're being sold as individuals to start out with. It, it generally works better um, at retail for us to stick with kind of the packaging elements that we have. So right. to shift to a right. four-pack would be hard for stores to stock, but we can do stuff like that yep. um, definitely at conventions, and, and, and we'll see if there's demand for that. You never know. Hey, if you just joined us, we are talking to a friend of the show. He's the director of marketing for Funko. He is Mark Robin. Now, Mark, one of the things we love about you guys, your company is incredibly responsive to its customers and its collectors. You guys really listen. What are people interested in? What is trending? And you guys will move forward and make these great figures based on what people are asking for. So I guess this begs the question, when it comes to Metallica, was this fan-driven? Because I know sometimes it's internally driven, or was someone there at Funko saying, you know what? I love Metallica. People love Metallica. We've got to do this. Uh, I would say there are definitely... It was definitely both. I mean, we... we Right. Absolutely heard from fans that this was something that they wanted, but there's a lot of music fans here, you know, all the way up to our CEO, Brian Mariotti, uh, Mike Becker, who is our, our uh, he runs our apparel business right now out of our San Diego office, both huge music guys. And so whenever the music conversation starts, they're, they're right in the thick of it saying, here, here are the bands that, that we definitely want to see. And then you've got people in the art department, marketing, whatever. And so there was no shortage of people here volunteering at Metallica's. If we were going to go back to music, one of the first ones we should do. Well, you know what? I guess I'll just have to sit tight and hope that that sticks box set eventually shows up. I know I'm dating myself. It's really kind of sad that I still have these great memories of listening to sticks in the 70s. But you know what? It could happen. It could definitely happen. You never know, right? Wow. You want you to the, the Tommy Shaw, <laughs> Dennis DeYoung two-pack? <laughs> oh, boy. Do they, do you, you guys never put out a stick set, did you? No. <laughs> but I just wanted you to be impressed that I knew their names. Oh, not, not, first of all, I was impressed you knew, knew their names, and then I was a little sad by how judgy you sounded with your resounding no that it wasn't going to be happening. But you know what? Old habits, uh, now you got me laughing. <laughs> Old habits die hard, Mark. What do you want me to say? It's really pathetic. But at least, hey, at least I came clean. I didn't la ask for a Manilow box set. I asked for sticks. <laughs> so i got to have some street cred left, right? Hey, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> your, your, your passion. <laughs> oh boy okay so let's move on because this time of year we are in july we have passed july 4th and now all eyes if you are a pop culture fanatic and if you are looking forward to collectibles and all things collectible comic we are talking about san diego san diego comic-con easy for me to say 2017 around the corner and this is always a huge show for you guys and i think i don't think i'm out of line here not just because i have you on the phone you guys are one of the most popular popular attractions for people that are coming to the show because you guys don't just put out you have your set of convention exclusives summer convention exclusives but on top of that you also have your sdcc exclusives and a lot of people are jazzed about this i know you've already announced the lineup for people that haven't seen the lineup online or heard about it what is funko going to be showing what special figures are going to be released specifically for san diego comic-con this year yeah well you know honestly there's too many for me to rattle off right here so i think we've got over 65 different exclusives this year it's oh one of our gosh. largest 
groupings, if you will, that we've ever brought to the show. But we've got everything from Star Wars, Marvel, DC, obviously, you know, the big studios, Disney. But we've got a bunch of stuff from from TV. We've got, like, Clara from Doctor Who. That fans have been asking for her for a long time. Uh, we've got, you know, Lincoln from The 100. We've got some Supernatural stuff. Wow. Harry Potter. Bodie from Rogue One, <laughs> which fans were super upset that we'd left him out of the wave, and, and hopefully we fixed that now, and so he's he's coming to SDCC, and, and he'll also be shared at a, at a retail partner, but we've got a ton of stuff this year, and we also have a pop-up shop at our San Diego office that'll be running during the convention each day, that if you, wow. you can just walk across the street, and at that uh, pop-up shop, we've got a bunch of Warner Brothers Saturday morning cartoons exclusive, everything from from Scooby-Doo to Looney Tunes to Hanna-Barbera. So we've got no shortage of things to get your hands on in San Diego this year. Well, it's great that you're doing that because there are a lot of folks that don't have the luxury of being able to actually go to Comic-Con, but they still want to, you know, take part and buy the figures. And that the pop-up store, I'm guessing, is a great, you know, paying tribute to your fans that aren't actually in the show but are in San Diego. And they can still partake. They can still buy stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's great. And um, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and this is this is kind of a big deal, is people need to know that when they go to when they go to Comic Con, when they go to events like this, there, there's obviously people are going to be swarming around that booth of yours. And one of the things I've been impressed by in the past by Funko and by the Funko Funko booth in particular is how organized and how ready you guys are for the crowds that are there. Can you talk a little bit about the process when people come to Comic Con, what they can expect in terms of line taking a number, the queuing process? Because you guys are great about that, and I wish other companies followed suit and do what you guys do. Sure, yeah. I mean, we try. We do our best. We know that, you know, oftentimes demand exceeds supply. There's a lot of people that want to get in line, but, you know, we set aside a lot of our booth space just so that people can line up comfortably. But at San Diego, which works a little bit differently than some other conventions out there, um, you actually have to get a ticket to our booth, and the tickets are distributed in the morning in a place called Sales Pavilion, which, if you're going to the show, is upstairs in the convention center. And those tickets are handed out at about 6 in the morning, so people line up very early to get a ticket to the booth uh, and then they take their ticket the, the tickets have a time on it and you go to the booth at your time line up and then and then we give you an order form you fill out what you want a helpful Funko order taker will run back in the booth and grab your stuff bag it up for you and you'll be on your way so provided you can you can manage to get up early at San Diego you should be able to get most things that you want well, I think that, you know, when, when it comes to getting your, your Funko exclusives, I think that's well worth waking up for. And I can tell people that I have been in that line. I have gone through the queue. I have done it in the past. And it works really, really well. And I think because you set it up this way, people are less likely to become disappointed or become upset that, oh, I didn't get my chance because it's so organized and out there. And again, kudos to you guys for doing this because sometimes, and you know, Mark, this happens in every business. In the restaurant business, sometimes people, they can't satisfy. Restaurants become popular and because they can't satisfy the demand and they end up turning away the crowd and they become less popular but you guys have always managed to make your fans feel important I think making this cue the system that you have in place it really does make a difference people really do see it as a positive thing when they're going to the show to buy their figures I you know we appreciate that and we really do care and we don't want anyone to waste their time at the show we don't want anyone to have a bad experience we're always looking to improve it we're always looking to streamline it you know we've got some some similar systems you know, in place at NYCC um, that actually you can, at that show, you can actually get your spot in, uh, in line online so uh, you don't have to get up quite as early and you know we're we're always trying to think like how can we make this experience easier for fans we, we don't want anybody to have a bad time at our booth well we appreciate that I appreciate that as a fan and uh, someone in the industry that you know obviously talks about your products a lot it, it's a win-win for everybody and I have to tell you you know normally and I think you know this Mark normally when I'm coming to Comic-Con I'm coming to do a panel for a show that I'm on or to, you know it's usually business related but this year I don't have any panels at Comic-Con in San Diego. I'm actually going as a fan, and the highlight for my son and myself, the big highlight is getting to come to your booth. So I'm letting you know I'm bringing an empty trunk, and I probably will get carpal tunnel filling out that order form, but it will be worth it. I cannot wait to get down there and get my hands on all the exclusives. And also, I can't wait to come see you. I get to see you very few times during the year, so I'm looking forward to seeing you, and uh, hopefully after the show, I'm going to be doing a whole big what my haul from 
Comic-Con. We're going to do a special piece on everything I was able to get from Comic-Con and share it with our listeners. you think that's a good idea? Well, I think it's a great idea. I think people would love to see it. Um, you know, if you want me to sign anything while, while uh, you're there, I'd be happy to uh, just absolutely ruin your, your figures and, and just destroy <laughs> their, their resale value. So, you know, any time. Although I am a little intimidated this year because now since I figured out that you always talk about being on Friends, now that I figured out you're on right. My Cousin Vinny, I'm, I'm feeling a little, a little intimidated by the, the kind of the star power from my childhood that's about to approach me in person. <laughs> Well, you know what? The, the funny part is I go through this shameless lobbying and you guys, you know, we, we follow each other on Twitter and we got back and forth with, with uh, the Funko Twitter and my Twitter about, hey, what about the possibility of doing a Stan Rothenstein pop? I'm like, yeah, don't think that's going to happen. But you know what? As I always say with you, a guy can dream, Caddy. A guy can dream. Never, never stop lobbying. I mean, you know, it's funnier. <laughs> it's funny that uh, fans have lobbied certain things and we're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not going to happen. There, there's, you know, there might be people making noise about this, but it wouldn't actually sell. But, you know, for, for a couple right. of years, people have been suggesting Bob Ross to us, and we finally were like, okay, we'll, we'll do Bob, Bob Ross, and uh, we'll just see how it does. <laughs> it is one of the most viewed and pre-ordered items ever in Funko's history. So, you know, at this point, you just see? never know what's going to sell, what fans are going to like, and if you make a lot of noise about it online, it, it might just actually take off. Oh, you know what? I wish I had the time to be that self-serving and be Lobby McGee because I would totally do it. But I know that one day, you know what? It's going to end up happening, Mark. It's going to be one of my animated characters that I do. That's the one that's probably going to be the Funko first before any of the on-camera stuff. And I can live with that because I can say, hey, I'm the voice of that guy. But listen, I, I don't want to get too self-serving here. I want to thank you for coming on the show. We always love having you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. And as I said, we will do a post-San Diego Comic-Con piece. We're going to have you back on the show. You can talk. You can tell everyone on the air how I shamed myself at the show by going away with like a trunk on my back. But I don't mind because you guys are worth it. Mark Robin from Funko, thank you for coming on. And we look forward to seeing you soon and hearing from you soon as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us this week. Very special thanks to Microsoft and Logitech and, of course, Funko for joining us this week. Another packed show. Mitch congratulations to our winner of the DJI Spark giveaway. Way more fun online if you check out youtube.com slash your tech report. We'll be back with you again next week. You've been tuned in to your tech report. Join us again next week for another edition and be sure to follow your tech report online. Email us contact at your Follow us on Twitter at your tech report. Like us on facebook.com slash your tech report for the latest in breaking tech news and reviews your tech report. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.